You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyTShirt.com, your place to get all your Carolina gear for the upcoming seasons, the upcoming school year, anything you need Carolina-related, JohnnyTShirt.com and Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. I've got Ross Martin and Greg Barnes with me. going to talk a little state of the position type pods here we're going to do quarterbacks and running backs here today Ross I'm gonna come to you first I'm not sure I've uh seen a time where Carolina's more loaded at a position at any skill position really but especially quarterback going into a season with Sam Howell as the obvious starter Ruder Chris Bell and even Jefferson Boaz in the mix pretty loaded uh, quarterback room there I mean yeah I mean the confidence around Sam Howe is, is unlike anything I've seen while I've covered UNC. And, of course, Greg's covered UNC a lot longer than I have. But, I mean, there, there couldn't be more hype for, for one player entering the season. We saw what he did already. He's, he's proven as a player, as a leader, as a playmaker. He can make all the throws. Um, the, the hype is enormous for what Sam Howe could do. And, and so we know that, and that's what makes the season – the potential of this season is so exciting for UNC because the one position that is the most important for the offense, UNC has one of the best players in the country at, and that's what they've lacked at certain times over the last three or four years, and they have that in how this year. As we get into this discussion more, um, we'll talk about backups and what else is behind how, but, I mean, it, it, it starts with him, and he's the guy for UNC, and they have him for – two more seasons and it's exciting for UNC football and that's really been the turning point of this whole Mac Brown resurgence starting last year and it's going to get better and better I think offensively as long as Sam Howell is there. Greg uh, you know Sam said in an interview last week I believe it was um, it may have been you asked him what he needs to do to improve he said be more consistent missed a couple balls last year 61 and a half percent completion percentage we know the rest of those stats I mean, realistically, how good can Sam Howell be? Well, in terms of the passing game, it's kind of hard to imagine him being a whole lot better. Um, there's always going to be missed passes. Now, I mean, if you look at you know, kind of what Joe Burrow did last year, then uh, he obviously improved as the course of the season went along and as the course of his career went along uh, and ended up being you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen come through college in a long time. So those are goals for Sam, for sure. And there's always details that you can get better in. I mean, I think a key one, North Carolina uh, was near the bottom of the FBS in terms of sacks allowed with 37. A lot of that's on the offensive line. But as Larry Fedora told us so many times, in these type of spread offenses, a lot of that's on the quarterback. Um, Now, why was that an issue for Sam? For one, as a freshman, he had to get used to uh, the speed of, of college defenses. And sometimes that, you know, when he needed to get rid of the ball, he just didn't. And that split second is the difference in, in him you know, getting rid of the ball and, and uh, not losing yardage and getting sacked. And then the other aspect of it and that plays into that is, and we'll get into this in a minute, but when you talk about the depth issues that UNC had, I mean, he had a walk-on quarterback as his backup. 
So he could not scramble. They did not want him scrambling because he couldn't afford to get hurt. And so that factors in the sack issues as well. So when you talk about where he can get better, it's better awareness in terms of being able to get rid of the ball. It's also the ability this year to be able to use his feet to scramble because if he can scramble to some extent, uh, which he wasn't able to do last year, look out because all of a sudden teams are going to have to you kind of hold back just a little bit, which will give him some more time to throw, and we know how accurate he can be. You got to think his decision making gets better with with a whole you know thirteen games underneath his belt. I mean, he'll be able to see things quicker. He knows the speed of the defenses. You you would think those sack numbers go down a little bit as he becomes sharper and just kind of knows what to expect with with what's happening with defense. And he's been studying tape now for for a full season, a full off season. So he'll be. You got to think he's going to be sharper and going to have a better understanding of the offense and what Phil Longo wants from him. And his yeah. wide receivers dropped thirty balls last year. I was going to say that 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 percentage goes up with that. And one the last thing about how I don't remember him making too many bad throws. Uh, he mm-hmm. made some one in the South Carolina game that went through three people that ended up in a completion. But as far as bad decision throws, I don't remember too many from him, and that's pretty epic as a freshman. Ross. Uh, we mentioned the backup last year, certainly Vincent Amendola, and that was because Jace Reuter got hurt again. And Reuter is the presumptive backup, though Colby Criswell is there. I don't know what Carolina has in Reuter. And you guys have seen him in practice. We've seen him briefly on the field, but he would be the presumptive guy, I think, to take over should something happen how or, according to Mac's plan, they play two quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think when he said they play two quarterbacks, I think he just meant, um, and he said this, just, you know, to give Hal a breather, to let him kind of sit back and reset, and um, to give maybe the offense a different look. I don't know how often we'll really see that, but you got to think that Jace Reuter is the backup coming back from injury. He's had a tough two years coming back from two different injuries. You know, when he gets in there, is he going to be throwing a lot, or is he kind of just the change of pace guy who can run, maybe do some short routes, things like that. But um, And then behind him, Jacoby Criswell. So it'll be interesting to see that competition, you know, who, who wins the uh, backup job, because Criswell is the heir apparent to Sam Howe, we think, um, between the, the gap year, maybe between him and, um, and May, Drake May. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how much we'll see. We'll see Reuter. I mean, that's all I got to say. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know why you would – take how out but that's what max said well i think i think the matter the matter right now especially this year is when we're talking about the covid pandemic you're talking about a situation where you know a star player is ultimately going to get the virus and they're going to have to miss two weeks now you would hope that's not sam howell but if it is uh death becomes critically important and I i think we saw that last year that without a uh, backup quarterback kind of in the fold after Ruder got hurt, it was very problematic. And so as, as much Mac likes to talk about depth across the board, it is really important at quarterback, uh, not only for what we saw last year, but because of how things will play out this fall potentially. And I also think moving forward, when you've got talented guys, I mean, there's no doubt that Ruder is a talented kid. Four-star, he's got some experience. He's shown that. Chriswell is the same way. You get Drake May on campus, same thing. Uh, and so you don't want them just to sit on the bench and say, hey, you know what, I'm not playing, I'm going to transfer. You want to make sure those guys are able to get in uh, and get some game reps and be able mm-hmm. to play. And I, I think that's a key component of it as well. Greg, let me follow that up with you as far as you got Sam Howe, you got Ruder, you got Chris Well. 
Does Mac Brown change the offense at all amongst those three guys, in your opinion? I, I think Reuter, at least what we've seen so far, and I've seen none of Chris Well except high school, um, Reuter's maybe a similar type player as Tim Tebow was, maybe the way Florida used him at least early. But does Mac change a whole lot if for some reason Sam Howell's not on the field and one of those other two guys are? I don't think he really changed the offense. I think he changed some of the play calls. Uh, and because you don't want the wide receivers, your skill position players, and your offensive line to have to switch things up. Uh, and so the offense will stay the same, but I think Phil Longo will utilize. I mean, if, you know, if you're going to put Reuter in or even Chriswell, guys that one of their strengths is clearly their feet, then you're going to utilize that more. Um, and so I do think you'll see some, some different looks, but it won't be a, a whole-scale change of, of what he wants to do. He just wants to maximize the talent of the guys that's on the field. Reuter is an athlete. I mean, the guy could run. He can jump. Yep. He was a track star in high school. He played basketball, I believe, as well. I mean, he is six foot three, looks the part. I mean, he is more physically imposing athlete than Hal. Now he doesn't have the touch on the deep ball. That we haven't seen him play. Who knows? But we, obviously, sources. You know, Sam, Sam Howe is a really, really good thrower, and his deep ball was super impressive last year. I don't know if we see as much of that from from Reuter, but I mean. It's his house team, and it's going to go as he goes, and um, you got to protect him at all costs. Yeah, and I, I do think it's important to say that, that Reuter, by all accounts, has made tremendous strides, uh, yeah. even to the point of last year. You know, all indications were that it was Reuter and Howell really competing, and that, that Fortin understood that he was the bottom of the line, and that's one of the reasons he transferred. Um, and that includes Reuter you know, getting better with, with accuracy. Remember, Marquise Williams, never forget, one of the first – camps that we covered him it was like yeah he's probably not going to stick at quarterback because he can't can't throw the ball uh and that improved over time so so i think ruder has made strides in those regards and i think the bigger point that you made ross is if he can stay healthy uh that that's a game changer for him and, and people love i mean they, they love criswell too i mean he's big I think he's like two he's like six foot 225 i mean he's stocky he's big he's strong He's sharp. And Phil Longo, that was his guy. He recruited him at Ole Miss, and he continued that recruitment at Carolina. So they, they love his ability to throw the ball, super accurate quarterback. So don't sleep on Criswell as, as a backup option and certainly a quarterback for the future for UNC um, when, when, Sal, when Sam Howell does leave. Ross, what do you see from, for Jefferson Boaz? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a scholarship quarterback, so we got to talk about him. You know, he – He's six seven, I think. Six 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 seven. Yeah, big kid. Big dude. I mean, Don thinks he's gonna play tight end, and Don even thinks he could play offensive tackle. Can you imagine going from quarterback to offensive tackle? <laughs> I think Boaz wants to stay on offense on the uh, you know, a skill player side on offense. Uh good dude, good locker room guy. It'd be interesting to see how long he stays at quarterback or if he, he realizes he's just not ready and immediately moves to tight end. His career is gonna be interesting to follow because He's never really played that much tight end either, so it's going to be complete position change in college for him if he does make the switch. But uh, Jefferson Boaz, just a huge guy from, from Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Uh, great problems for Phil Longo and Mike Brown to have in that quarterback room. You got four guys, three guys definitely, um, very different players, but all solid in their own regard. And, of course, Sam Howe, generational talent for North Carolina at quarterback. Go and talk about Johnny T-Shirt right fast before we move on to the running backs. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, sponsors of the Inside Carolina podcast. Great friends of Inside Carolina and Inside Carolina premium subscribers because you get 10% off your everyday order, either in-store or online. Always having sales, Carolina gear, Nike gear, Jordan gear, whatever you need. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Visit them. Shop local. 
do it online or do it in person. They're great folks to deal with, great customer service. Ross Martin, let's uh, get back to the show, running back. Another skill position. I could say virtually the same thing I said leading into the quarterback discussion. Carolina has as much talent in the running back room as they've ever had. Yeah, they've got two great guys at the top with Michael Carter and Javante Williams who have proven it last year and have experienced this offense and are entering kind of the second year working with the running backs coach. Well, I guess running back coach has been there for a little bit longer, but the, the offensive scheme and all that stuff. The big kind of word around the program is they're looking for that third back. And so that's a great way to kind of start a discussion. Who plays behind them? They have Josh Henderson, who will be entering his um, – sophomore year and then behind him two freshmen and Elijah Green and DJ Jones two not super highly recruited players but with two guys they targeted and liked and they come to Carolina with a little chip on their shoulder DJ Jones is from North Carolina uh, felt a little under recruited but um, early enrolled so he may be a little more physically ready than Green Green played in uh, Georgia high school and then won a couple state championships in um, in Georgia so Starts with Michael Carter and Javante Williams, and you have to be super excited what UNC has up front at running back entering the 2020 season. Greg, looking at the stats from last year, Carolina clearly played three running backs, but the stats bear out that Carter and Williams got the – Javante Williams got the dominance of the carries. I don't see that changing in this season or next, but – Looking at a guy like Antonio Williams, I mean, does Josh Henderson fill that role, um, or do you think Josh Henderson may get more run in this group? I, I just think there's a good mix there with Carter and Williams. I'm not sure how many more carries there are for the rest of the guys. Yeah, and no, I think one factor in this is what we talked about earlier, is now you know, because of the quarterback situation, you're going to have more quarterback runs implemented. And so that's going to cut down on some of your available carries for the running backs as well. Uh, and then I think a, a big component of who's going to play as that third back, and I think one of the reasons it kind of tips in Josh Henderson's favor, is these guys are going to have to be able to catch out of the backfield. I mean, that's been one thing that Phil Longo talked about this offseason. So you've got to be able to pass block because they do do a lot of the play action. That's one of the reasons how so successful last year because that worked so well. Uh, and you've got to be able to, to catch out of the backfield. So that, those are difficult things for, for freshmen to do, true freshmen. Uh, it's one thing to run the ball. I mean, they've been doing that their whole lives. But, but learning the technique of, of blocking uh, when you've got a 260-pound guy charging at you, as well as you're catching those swing passes, which are, are not easy to make. And that's, that's going to be the challenge. So uh, I think if this offense is as explosive as we think it can be, I, I think there will be some opportunities for, for those you know, Henderson and the two freshmen to get some reps. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think they're going to have to prove it by what they can do, you know, in the intangibles, if you will. It's, it's kind of crazy. We talk about the quarterbacks and we'll talk about the wide receivers on the next podcast. But, I mean, they're so loaded in the passing game, you forget that I mean, they got two really good backs. It's really going to open it up for them. I mean, the, the amount of space and holes and the, the, how spread out the offense is going to be is just ideal for what Michael Carter can do. Because when you have Josh Downs, Daz Newsome, Diami Brown opening up and, and, and really taking safeties away from the, the run game, that's going to be uh, huge for – I mean, it's a kid in the candy shop for, for Phil Longo running this offense, and especially with, with two really good backs. I mean, Javante Williams was super impressive last year. We know what Michael Carter can do, and they're the great kind of one-two switch. They both have distinct abilities and complement each other very well. 
Yeah, that was interesting to watch last year, Greg, is that how Carter really sort of – I don't know if they he tenderized the defense maybe. Let's, let's use a, a stake term. And, and then Javante Williams came in and hammered them late. My thought is, and my thought going into last year, is you've got all these skill guys. How do you get them all the ball? How does everybody get uh, their run? And then you have Howe and you have 1,000-yard running back. Should have had two of them have 2,000-yard receivers. I mean, I don't see Longo having any issues putting yards and points on the board. Um, the question is that I ask you is, what have you seen in preseason camp or heard or anything that says anything will be different this year? I mean, what can they do differently than they didn't put on tape last year on this offense from the quarterback and the running back position? Uh, because whatever worked, I would assume would continue to work with everybody getting at least a year experience. Yeah, well, that goes to the whole offense because you, you got the offensive line that now is, is a year into what Stacey Searles wants them to do. Uh, they're going to be playing faster. They have more depth. That helps every other aspect. That allows Sam Howe to you know, cut down on those sacks. Uh, that gives them more time to throw the ball, which I think you're going to see more deep balls. The fact that you have so many options, especially at wide receiver, uh, he's going to be able to spread the ball around. And the more you can spread the ball around – the tougher it is for defenses to figure out who to key on. Um, and that really opens things up. And as you say, you know, if you're going four or five wide at times, and if that fifth guy maybe is a Michael Carter, uh, what are you going to do with the safety if you try to bring Carter back inside and you have a run play or, or you run with Hal? So there's just so many things that he can do. And I think the key is you have to be consistent. Uh, you don't have to get cute all the time because you don't have to. You just have to execute, and that's one of the reasons that they practice so much. Uh, you know, it's, it's perfecting the small things that they do because they only run, you know, 26, 28 concepts. But it's making sure that by doing it, you've got it, and you're, you're clicking on it every single time you do it. That way you can spread the ball around, and you don't have the drop passes. You don't have the miscues that the house talked about, and that consistency is so much higher. Yeah, and quickly, I mean – to kind of answer to help answer that question, I mean, I think the the offensive line is going to be improved. I, I kind of entered training camp a little cautious about that because you lose Charlie Hack and you lose Nick Polino. But in speaking with um, Awesome Richards and knowing that the Jordan Tucker's back, and I've heard great things about Marcus McKeithen that he is pushing for you know first round, second round pick potential with how big he is and how young he is still. Ed Montillas has experience. Brian Anderson. At center is getting pushed by Ty Murray, so you have a good competition there. You have, you have a lot of good size, the offensive line, that interior offensive line. That really hurt UNC last year. So if they improve that and, and you, you figure it out at center between Murray and Anderson, you get the experience of Marcus McKeith, and you figure it out with, with Joshua Zudu or Ed Montillas, you have some good opportunities or good chances there with those two guys. Um, I think it's going to be a better offensive line, and a whole other year under Stacey Searles will be big as well. So. That's why I see a big difference with both the running game and the pass protection game. You know, we talk about Mac Brown and his recruiting classes. All of these guys, including maybe Sam Howe, uh, Larry Fedora recruited. Never a problem recruiting skill positions for Larry Fedora. Certainly other things that were the issue. Mac has the ability to put it all in play, make things happen. North Carolina quarterback, running back, stacked for the foreseeable future. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. This is Greg Barnes, Ross Martin. We've talked about the ones that throw it, the ones that carry it. In the next podcast, we'll talk about the ones that catch it. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, johnnytshirt.com. We'll talk soon.
Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.